0: Zed. It is. And you can do... So on the back, there's a little... I uh, think I nailed it. Oh, my God. It's going to be out of, of focus. focus, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm shooting wide open and on an old Russian lens. It's going to be very obvious when I...
1: Very obvious when I, what I thought of Oh, touching. <laughs> I hate you,
2: Kevin. Very artsy. I should not have handed you my camera. Now, that <laughs> that last one was... gem. Jam and out of focus. I think you put a little. I'm gonna selective get color so much crypto for that when I throw <laughs> this selective up.
1: Selective color. <laughs> that, that's an NFT right there, waiting to happen. The first Midwest NFT. Oh my gosh. Done. Beautiful. I'm Nailed surprised. It. I'm
0: like, I'm actually pretty well composed
2: in that picture. If it was. All in right, focus. Tom. Tell me how to focus this old Russian lens. There's Ugh. a
0: zoom button on the back. There's that you can hit the plus button and it'll zoom into the focus point so that you can actually focus.
1: I mean Tom is basically a like sixty year old like guy, so you could probably tell you how to zone focus. <laughs> like, you don't need to look through the You're viewfinder to wrong. focus. Um. There's a distance scale on the lens for a reason. <laughs> Are we recording right now? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you can't <laughs>
2: We want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Rode Microphones. Rode is an Australian-based audio equipment company with a great U.S. support team that makes quality consumer and professional microphones and accessories. Here at Two Weird Camera Beards, Tom and I use a Rodecaster Pro mixer and Rode Podmics to record each episode. If you're interested in Rode audio equipment, Midwest Photo is an authorized reseller, and you can find their products by visiting mpex.com and searching Rode. That's M-P-E-X dot com, search R-O-D-E.
0: And a special thanks to Ray Sherlow. Ray wrote the music that we use for the show. It's the song Try a Little Harder from his album Forward Facing. If you dig his music like I do, check out the link in the show notes. Thanks, Ray.
2: This is gonna be the intro. <laughs> it is. Awesome. Uh, I was gonna try to. Hit those, back, are but cause I can't.
0: those are good because those I, I actually got those in oh, focus
2: and those are genuine Tom laughs right there in front of the mic. I love it. Perfect. Oh, Hand this back I to him. Crying spent. right
0: now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. No. Okay. Really um, cool. So let's just kick this off. First question uh, What is a Spencer Lookabaugh? <laughs> <laughs> Second question Where is a Spencer Lookabaugh? And final uh, question Why is a Spencer Lookabaugh? Uh,
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to have our time keeping it together during this
2: podcast. Good morning, Kev. Good morning, Tom. <laughs> Sheesh. Sheesh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, Rick. <laughs> and our <laughs> our Generation Z listenership just skyrocketed. It's lit, fam. <laughs> diamond hands, diamond hands, diamond hands. <laughs> All right. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> is this like smartless where we have
4: to
0: keep the guests silent until we introduce them? <laughs> yep,
2: it sure is. Uh, today, we've got a uh, once MPEXer turned filmmaker star... He's won Academy Awards or something. Endless Academy Awards at this point. He, (laughs) I think he got a mention on a Daniel Day-Lewis tweet once. And uh, many (laughs) of the actors who won their Oscars on his films simply donated their Oscar statues to his home decor. Mm -hmm. Um, The one and only Mr. Spencer Lookaball. Hey, Spencer hey guys (laughs) Uh, thanks for having (laughs) me that's all i think i think you've gotten the best intro
0: of anyone so far that was really
2: yeah how my first question for you is i know tom's doing well because he's just joined a um i'm still crying
0: with laughing i'm just like i can't keep it together this morning okay well
2: well i'll try to keep it together for you here i'll try to channel my inner maddie uh (laughs) okay we gotta (laughs) keep us focused ready you joined an NHL team. I I did not. Okay, you joined a hockey team.
0: I joined a beer league team at the Chiller Ice Rink. Okay, we That's are serious. the Chili Dogs. <laughs> yes, Ooh. the Chili Dogs is the orange team.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait for the the uh, merch drop link merch in the li- in the yeah. show notes. Hashtag all of that to say. So I, so I know Tom's twenty. All of that to say, I would buy a shirt i know tom's 2021 is going phenomenally because yeah. he's now part of the chili dogs he signed his contract it's going oh very well boy. spencer how was your 2021
1: really great uh life feels somewhat normal again mm-hmm. yeah i think i i actually did my first job like two weeks ago with like nice. no masks oh because everybody else that was uh yeah nice i've been like honestly like throughout like the winter in twenty twenty one, like the work was pretty consistent, but you know, it was still like, you know, everybody's like socially distanced and there were fewer people like on everything and everyone was wearing masks, but like you know, I got I got kinda lucky and got vaccinated like the week it opened up for same. my age group and uh same for Tom too. Yeah. Just it's been refreshing.
2: Yeah, for sure. Now what can I ask what you were doing on that set? Like what was your uh role? And or is that still? Are you have you signed an NDA and you can't talk about it because it's the Elon Musk uh, biography. Yeah.
1: Uh, it was a Dogecoin documentary. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, um, if I say Dogecoin enough, will it? Yeah, pump it up? yeah. you have Sweet. to. You have to add
2: hashtag Dogecoin.
1: Hashtag Dogecoin. Sweet. There so they pick it up. We know, like verbal hashtags. Uh, no, I was um, the gaffer on it, so okay, doing all the lighting stuff. Um, it was. It was kind of interesting. I mean, it was real fun. It was indoors. It was was indoors and outdoors. Mm -hmm. It was like four days. Okay. Of like, was it here locally? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, like downtown Columbus-ish. Nice, nice. Um, and that was just like it. Literally felt weird because like you know, like when your mask like slips under your chin, you're kind of like trying to get it up or whatever. And I kept like doing that whole thing, and then I kept like going to pull my mask up to take a drink, and I was like, "There's no." (laughs)
2: it's just like i already got in habit like yeah it's
1: weird not to wear
2: one yeah Yeah. it's very strange it's very strange yeah uh so for viewers who are not aware that might be watching this or listening to this uh so spencer works on uh motion picture not still picture like a lot of photographers and a gaffer is somebody on set who one i think is one of the coolest people on set because they walk around like kind of with the rolled up jeans and they have that hook with the extra gaffer tape and they got like a pocket full of wires Mm They, like, are the person on set who knows what's going on. Yeah. And keeping it together.
0: Are those the guys that are also, like, they may have, like, cable that they're feeding the guy that's on a dolly and stuff and all that kind of thing? That's a grip, right? That's, like, a cable
1: grip? So it depends on, like, how, like, serious of a set that you're on. Most of the stuff in Columbus, there's – the lines are very blurred Yeah, because there's, like, there's no union, so – like if you're like if you're working on a job in like L.A. or New York and it's like a union set, mm-hmm. like if you're like in camera department, like you like you're not supposed to touch the lights because you're like, you know, taking work away from like those right. people kind of thing. In Columbus, it's just like if something needs done and you have a free set of hands and That's like crazy. If you're yeah. like if you're on the like camera department and you're yeah. like done doing that stuff for the time being, like and somebody like needs help or you guys are like in a time crunch or whatever, it's like go do other stuff. The gaffer like essentially the idea like depending on how like technical your cinematographer is it's kind of like they'll say like hey here's how i like want to set this up lighting wise and usually they have like other shit going on they got to talk to like the director and like you know figure out like the framing and all that stuff and you, you know your job is to sort of like translate that into like okay like what fixture am i going to use and like where is it going to go like how you know figuring out the logistics of like where's power going to be and like all the sort of nitty-gritty details of the lighting plan basically and sometimes it's like that can be really complicated if you're like on a stage sometimes it's literally like a light on a Mm -hmm. (laughs) c-stand and a floppy for some like negative fill and that's it so like it it can be like all sorts of different stuff but that's what i kind of enjoy about it this is like it's always a different yeah every job is like completely different yeah yeah well that sounds fun
0: what kind of uh what kind of gig what kind of things were you doing with lights at the at the recent gig, I do a lot of things
1: with lights. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Tom Tom dove
2: into
0: you it. Do right some. Away. Uh, wait, oh, yeah.
1: well,
2: should I should I not? No, do, you can. Do you guys? Do you want to well, go? Yeah, let's let's let's, let's yeah let's kind of. I want to get. I want to establish a foundation to what Spencer LukaBa is.
3: <laughs>
2: so I want to. I think we should do some experience and background first, and mm. then and then ask him about uh, okay the deets on the lights. If you're cool with that, are you down with that? Yeah, that's cool. Man, you and That's the gravy. you and the in the whisper jockey crew. There was a minute there where my mic was a little
0: hot, so I think I was whispering just because it it was it was punchy, you know.
2: You got your Kenny it's, G vibes going on, and you wanted to whisper. Got yeah, it. Got we're it. good. We're okay. good though. Yeah,
0: the acoustics in this room are excellent. Um, but yeah, Spencer, what uh, what first got you into lighting and all that stuff?
1: Um. I So, I mean, you guys know I started in with photography. Yeah. And I was like totally sure I was going to be a still photographer for Mm -hmm. like, yeah. I mean, I think I started when I was like 15 and I started working here when I was 19 and it was about halfway through here, my time here when I got the job as a lighting specialist and I mean, I was like shooting like the whole time I worked here, like from the get go and like I was like renting out. Like I was taking like pro photo lights out constantly shooting stuff. When I I know I was already always like kinda interested in video, but like you know how like it used to be really hard if you didn't have money because, yeah. like the lighting was bad. Like you had to use either like tungsten lights, which mm-hmm. are a huge pain so in the ass hot. if you have no money. Yeah, they're really hot. They mm-hmm. use a ton of electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the LEDs at that time when I started here were like They were terrible. Bad. They were bad. And they didn't light very much and they were harsh. Yeah. they were very dim. They big. were very green. They were super heavy and, like, really just all-around bad. No
2: battery power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but is like, that why the Matrix is so green? Because they shot it with... I'm just joking. <laughs> they shot it with... Li- <laughs> well, there was a company that had lights. The Limelight.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that we're, like, known for a green cast, and they were also called Limelights.
1: So... I don't know if that was intentional or if it was, like, one of those things where, like, if you're in an office space with fluorescence, like, that was kind of cool. Yeah, but that's true, in yeah. the other situation, it was terrible yeah uh terrible but no so i got interested in lighting with photography because like around here in ohio like if you're not traveling a bunch it's it's kind of hard to like you know you can't like do landscape photography sure. i mean you, you kind of can i think in a manner of speaking if you're really adventurous but mm-hmm. if you're a matt mirage yeah. Well, like <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, if you're like, if you're willing to like go out and really hunt those places down, but I think like the traditional idea of like landscape photography for people is yeah. really difficult to achieve anywhere yeah. in the surrounding States even. And so I kind of fell into like portraits and stuff. Cause it was like, it was one thing that like you could kind of technically do anytime you didn't have to like, you know, wait for like the weather had to be perfect and the sun, you know, you can you know kind of have like total control with like the lighting and stuff like that and i just got really interested and like started with speed lights and all that um the video thing came around when i was working through working here and when i got the lighting specialist position that was about the time that like the aperture lights and like LEDs like for the consumer end started to get like good and usable and so when i was learning that i just kind of fell down the video rabbit hole because i was like oh maybe i can actually start like doing some of this stuff and like it can look you know as good as like the photos that i'm doing are because now the lighting can kind of like keep up whereas previously it was there was like this really big disconnect for yeah. i think for people that were used to like photo lighting yeah um and yeah because the,
0: it was hard to modify the, a
1: lot of stuff yes right well, it, it just like it so it took more equipment because like all those other lights you couldn't put soft boxes on very easily mm-hmm. right and so to like <laughs> modify it, that meant like three more C stands yeah. for some sort of diffusion, and then ways to like block it off how you <laughs> needed.
0: You remember the skirt? Uh, uh, I don't know if. We, <laughs> do you remember the skirt we built around a pool
4: table?
1: Oh my out god! Out of yeah. gaff tape, With the quiz, like, like a two use?
0: foot skirt out of literally tape. out of gap we tape. used like four rolls of luma pro gaff tape on this skirt
1: it was it was egregious <laughs> and you skirted it because of lighting to, to, to keep the spill out yeah oh jeez um, that was that was a time i mean that was when like we like midwest first started carrying, carrying quasars yeah mm-hmm. and that was before anybody was making like grid. like now you can buy like grids for them that, like, yeah the tube slips in and just like controls it a little bit like yep. you didn't have that at the time but yeah that was how i got into the video thing and then i just kind of realized like i really enjoyed all those extra aspects of it yeah i think like the the final product felt like really satisfying in a way because it's like you know there's so much more that goes into it and then you can kind of like i don't know like in a weird way at the time it was more interesting because i don't think i was very focused on the storytelling aspect of photography at the time i was just trying to make like a pretty picture and i was really just trying to like get the technical stuff down yeah but with video I, that weirdly enough like the thing that really got me into it was the i think like what the kind of stuff you can make in yeah. video projects because i mean you can do everything it can be a commercial or it can be a movie or a documentary or you know even just like corporate stuff right i mean, I mean there's like a the, quick uh, six second youtube
2: video that yeah. you can't skip I just <laughs> I just shot one of those Ooh, and it's currently playing devilish. <laughs> um, so to that, when you were learning about this new continuous lighting and playing with the new LEDs and modifying them, was, was everything, was it experimental for you or did you have a mentor? who was teaching you things um, or were you just borrowing from your photo knowledge? Like, tell me about how, how you got your inspiration, or who you got it from, or who taught you like the yeah. ins and outs of these things.
1: When I started with photo stuff, I, uh, a friend of mine who uh, had actually gone to, I don't even remember the name of the school, but there used to actually be a photography school over in Dayton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he, he went in like the later 2000s, like, kind of just before digital was like, you know, the thing, and, mm-hmm. you know, so he, like, his photo school for him was, like, Fuji GX680s and RZs and stuff like that. I mean, like... Big and, camera stands and, like, yeah. really setting up the shot and all that stuff. Very, like, traditional kind of stuff. And so, like, I, that's also kind of where I got really interested in studio lighting because I had, like, some access to, like, that equipment and knowledge through him. Then I got more interested, but the video thing uh was really just like trial and error and a lot of googling a lot of youtube and when i when i started youtube was like like those, those dudes like gerald undone and like those like those guys weren't doing youtube right like when i started doing video stuff and so a lot of it was like going through like old forums on like there's literally cinematography.com is like I can't believe more people don't know about it, but it's mm-hmm. literally a forum. It huh. covers like I mean there's like there's a lens subsection, there's a camera subsection, there's a lighting subsection. And I mean there are some like really well-known cinematographers. I mean the dude that shot the Lighthouse was posting on that like 10 years ago. Wow. That's
0: insane. That's um, wild. That kind of makes yeah. sense though. Like yeah. I mean that's what those spaces isn't there a large format film yeah. uh forum too that's still like
1: pretty famous yeah
0: that's crazy Mm
1: -hmm. and there's like if you dig deep enough i mean there is like a crazy amount of knowledge like roger deakins Mm -hmm. has Mm -hmm. a website and like a a lot of people don't know about that which is ridiculous because he's like when people think of cinematography like that's the first person everyone thinks of but he has a forum that people can post on he goes on there like on the regular and like replies to people's questions and they'll be like roger how did you like this scene in blade runner and he'll literally like there's he has lighting plots and he has like answers and like you know obviously it's it's hard to translate some of that to the low end but at the same time like a lot of that is really applicable Mm -hmm. um and so a lot of it was like reading that stuff and like getting some lights trying it out and you know realizing what does and doesn't work and just kind of like going from there and you know i mean it's it's a long road i mean yeah that was like six four four or five years ago now. I mean, that I really like went full force down like the video yeah. rabbit hole. Yeah.
2: You were uh earlier telling us about the the set you were working on in Columbus. You started out in photography and you know what the photo community looks like yeah. based on working from here how large is that community for video here? Like you obviously worked on a set where yeah. there was, you know, professional, you know, video being captured. Um, and I'm, it, I, was it an independent film or was it maybe backed by any studio or?
1: Uh, it, th- this was a commercial. Okay. So for, it was, um, it was, I, I take that back. It was actually two separate commercials okay. across four days. Um, but it was like all the same crew. One of them was for, um, High Department of Public Safety and okay. the other one was for the Smart Columbus grant. Okay. Um I hope I can I don't think that there's an NDA on that. I okay. mean it's just a commercial for that. We'll stuff. beep it out. We'll beep yeah. it out. Great. <laughs> um But so in my experience what so when I left Midwest to go freelance, it was just because I I had met so many people here. I mean, a lot of people that walk through the doors of Midwest are doing it in some capacity full-time yeah yeah in various aspects of photography I mean there are some people that are educators some people do like landscape and travel stuff like Leonardo and yeah there are also other people that do you know more commercial stuff and I just like you know I was just really intrigued and I was like oh I want to do that and um when I left I you know sort of just got in touch with like all the people that I sort of formed good relationships with over the years and the most of the people that kind of got back to me were in the video side of things and mm. i i came to find out funny enough like it's in a manner of speaking there's more opportunities almost in the video side of things in columbus mm-hmm. because yeah because the there are crews i mean honestly all the photographers that i know for the most part operate either solo or they have somebody that they're very close to that they hire yeah. as their, like, one photo assistant. Yeah. I've only really done, like, a handful of stills jobs as, like, a photo or lighting assistant since mm-hmm. I left Midwest because the, the budgets are just so small that they usually don't have the money to hire more than, like, one person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Video budgets like t- tend to be... Much bigger. Much higher, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I feel like most photo gigs, if you're if you hire another person, like, it's either... I don't know. I've worked on events where there's like five photographers, but that's like kind of a lot for most situations. Yeah. And I feel like most like photo gigs that are available are probably just editing. Like mm-hmm. you want to edit all of my stuff for me. Yeah. And like that's, well, I, I think feel that's like that's probably more, yeah. more available in terms of photo, but yeah, the video, there's just, I don't know. It's almost like a team sport.
1: Oh Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing, too, is, like, as a photographer, to some extent, depending on how, like, large the whole, like, concept is, like, you can – and I still do, like – so, more recently, starting last year, which, of course, is a terrible time to, like – start any new aspect of a business in the middle of the pandemic but i that's my favorite time to start businesses you know honestly
0: it was kind of refreshing (laughs) i was gonna say i feel like i heard a lot of people just adding stuff on that they didn't normally do yeah there's a lot of people had to start rethinking yeah everything they were doing but i
1: I decided to kind of like come back to stills a little bit and just sort of because i realized like even like pre-pandemic i had enough downtime that i was like i could be doing stills jobs in between all these video jobs like as a photographer because you don't work every day i mean there are Mm. some people that do but i mean it's just kind of the nature of it it's like you're going to have days off yeah yeah um and that's nice yeah and it is really refreshing um but like with photo stuff like you can get away with doing everything yourself if Mm -hmm. you have to yeah Mm -hmm. because you're usually not like trying to do as much stuff in a day or if you are like the lighting isn't i think like there's an expectation i think with the video stuff that the light like everything is much more polished mm-hmm. hence all the extra crew because it just takes more hands to do it but with photo stuff like no i mean i in, you know i'm not knocking photography because i am you know a photographer and i do it and i love it but it, there are so many ways to make a photo better in post mm-hmm. it, it's just a, like a normal part of the process it's not really like oh fix it in post and just take a shitty photo like it's just the nature of it that, like, yeah. really the best of it comes out later, whereas, like, with the video stuff on set is really where the magic kind of needs to happen because you don't have, like, you can't take objects out of the frame and post. You can't yeah. fix Yeah, you can't emissions. voiceover later. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you can, but, like, uh, it, you know, if the audio's bad, yeah. like, the audio's bad. That's and so, off. like, things have to be done right there, whereas, like, with photo <laughs> stuff, it's, like, you can make, you can leave starbucks cups in the frame and it's like not a big deal right yeah but yeah you know, i'm sure game of thrones spent like a million dollars or something key and, framing you know, that stupid starbucks money. cup out of there yeah to, and so it's like those mistakes like can't happen and so with the photo stuff it's much more relaxed too because like yeah you have wiggle room and like there's no sounds you can listen to music on set and right talk yeah. the whole time and right it's a really interesting like that's weird to it's think about. i i actually yeah.
2: experienced that this week because i'm working on a new series for our youtube channel here and um, it, you know, it's gonna be a multi-episode kind of thing and have its own oh. you, know, uh, you know, situation on our channel, but. Oh yeah? Um, oh yeah, it's called Tech Tips, Tricks, and Simple Solutions by Midwest Photo. Um, like that. And our first episode I went to go record, and now normally where if I were to go on a, like, a photo shoot and I was capturing images for social, mm-hmm. I'd have like a ton of images to choose from, right? And I yeah. only need to post like two. Mm-hmm. But I went and I recorded this, in one file, one video file, one very tiny video file disappeared. I assume I accidentally <clears> deleted it without archiving it or anything. And now I have to go and reshoot the whole thing for consistency purposes. Yeah. So. That sucks. Yep. It sure does. Good thing it only takes me like two hours though. Since it's <laughs> like a, you know, five minute video. Yeah. So. But That's yeah, rough. I, I experienced it's, it's a good point to bring up that it's very. Totally I mean, different ballgame. Yeah. You have to be much more careful and. All kinds of things to consider, yeah. Um, okay, so now that we know a little bit more about the community, um, you've been in both photo and video. I want to pick out just a few of these to talk about. Are you okay with that, Tom? Which ones the storytelling ones? Yeah, yeah. I want to, uh, I think, I, if I pick a couple and you, you pick a yeah, couple, I pick have...
0: a couple, you Yay. pick a couple, and then we got a couple to deal with, you know. <laughs> Let's uh, that's let's let's, let's get it
2: going. going. I'm just along for the ride. me <laughs> <laughs> guys guys Video. Yeah. So you done so, photo. So <laughs> <laughs> Tom, <laughs> I'm about to throw this soundboard at you. <laughs>
3: No, I just Man. thought it was hilarious
2: that it was like you and me and
0: then the we were like me time, you you me spencer <laughs> me you you me you me, were you. just we were talking amongst ourselves pretty much ignoring spencer and then all of a sudden <laughs> spencer we've got a guest all right i'm done uh, you can, there's another point to cut if you'd like <laughs> <laughs>
2: 27 minutes, 3 seconds. Email that to me. All right. so now that that we've uh, talked a little bit about the photo and video community, tell us, you've done both. Which do you prefer when telling a story, photo or video?
1: Video. Um, And why? Context. Okay. You can make a really beautiful photo that does tell a story, mm -hmm. and there are tons of famous photos that do that, but... The video thing, I mean, you, you, you obviously like with photography, you can cover, and you can do documentary stuff, you can do, yeah, like fictional stuff, mm-hmm. but it's the extra components of like camera movement, audio. I think the lighting, in a certain sense, is, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be different, but usually approached much differently um there's like i think a very big like difference in the way that you know like cinematographers and photographers will approach lighting things Mm -hmm. um but i think you know if you're making like a short documentary for instance which is uh, you know honestly a lot of the commercial stuff that i do is essentially some you know a short documentary about a company or a Hmm. person or something like that in a sense i mean you know if you wanted to summarize it and I think, you know, being able to basically, like, you have a however long, you know, sometimes it's 30 seconds, sometimes it's five minutes. This whole video that, like, start to finish gives somebody just like an entire picture of what's, you know, who the person is or who this company is or whatever. Or if it's a short film, you know, the same thing. There's a lot that you can say with video in that instance. I think a good photo is like a totally different thing, but it, I think you, at the, to some extent, you kind of leave people wondering yeah now you know maybe if it's like a broader photo project like stuff that like tarik does Mm -hmm. you know you have a lot more context because that's like a giant body of work that he's assembled over years but i think like like something that comes to mind is like that dan winters photo that just came out of angelina jolie Mm -hmm. with the bees Mm -hmm. that was like a throwback to the famous avadon photo Mm -hmm. it's an amazing photograph for an amazing thing The impact of it comes, you know, kind of when you learn after the fact, you know, what it was for and why they made it and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, and and then there's a literal like behind the scenes documentary video about the project. Yeah. And I think that kind of sums it up really interestingly that like in a lot of instances, like I think feature films and like, you know, that Mm -hmm. sort of filmmaking aside, like to me, like photography is very much like art and you're approaching it like art yeah and obviously like filmmaking is still an art but like the documentary like commercial space is like using that skill set in a you i mean it's still artistic but it's not like no one is gonna like put a tv up and just like have a documentary playing on loop on their wall like you would hang a beautiful photo (laughs) right you know what i mean now and you know i think feature films are a totally different thing i mean that's I think, like, a photograph, it's all, like, up to interpretation. Sometimes you leave out context and that sort of thing. But I like video because you have the opportunity to, like, I think, really dive really deep if you want to with yeah. all those extra things. Kind sure. of
0: draw the experience out a little bit. Yeah. 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 It almost seems like photos are more symbolic in, like you're saying, the symbolic of a bigger thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, I like that. And, and but I and think then,
1: movies yeah. are that too. I mean, there are a lot of movies, yeah, that are fictional storytelling, or you know, sometimes not necessarily fictional if it's you know, yeah sort of based on a on a true story sort of thing. That I think are symbolic. I mean, movies are, you know, usually there's there's a theme yeah. in there like a novel right. sort of thing. But again, it's like I think I would compare a movie more to a book. Yeah. than I would to a photograph. I mean, a photograph is such a... I yeah. still think, like, in the art space, it's more like, you know, a painting yeah. or something. I mean, it's like, it's just, you look at this one thing, it doesn't change. And you can look at it forever. I mean, you can look at it for years and years and years hanging on your wall, and it's always going to be, like, a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to notice something. Mm-hmm. It's like, and so it, they're just, you know, really different, and I appreciate them both. But, you know, I think video for me has, like, there's just so much, so much you can do. Yeah, yeah.
2: I want to circle back to something you said about um, approaching lighting there earlier, because um, you're saying the video gives gives you a context that photography might not give you, and when it comes to different projects and what they are, that changes the approach you're going to have with lighting. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> y- you know, you said something about commercial work, and you had recently worked on a commercial shoot. When it comes to lighting and giving something context, let's say you're doing commercial work for a company that's debuting uh, a few different new sleek computer parts, and then you're doing something with a restaurant where you're highlighting uh, new food on their menu. What does that different, if if we're talking about video lighting, what does that approach look like different like how, how are you approaching that differently and what what are the thoughts behind how you're going to set up shots for that
1: yeah type of thing i so i, I will say that nowadays for me personally I, I should say that the thing they've kind of like blended mm-hmm. and i'm starting to like use constant lighting for photography and approaching it that way because it's mm-hmm. just i i realized that it was really hard to keep things separate but i think the thing that i love the most about lighting in general, but also I think filmmaking usually is allowed to take a little more license is that, you know, you can shoot the same idea with a a different sort of brief behind it and you can make, like, 10 different things out of it. Hmm. And so, you know, like tech stuff, I mean, like, if you look at, like, for example, like, Apple's product photos Mm -hmm. are, like – Super sleek and clean, usually pretty high key. Yeah. Almost
0: and like renderings a little y- yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, they yeah.
1: almost look like they're not even photographs. Yeah. And then there are other like tech companies like Razer that makes all like gaming stuff that's like, you know, really edgy and everything's dark and like edge lit. And like, you know, there's a lot of like stuff that you, you know, you don't even see all the product. I, it's very, I like, think it's funny you brought up Apple because that's, that's the thing that yeah. they,
2: I, I feel like they have almost maybe even. Um, use lighting as a branding technique because if you oh, look yeah. at a lot of their consumer stuff, you're <clears> right, it's high-key, it's sleek, but if you look at a lot of their pro stuff, like Mac Pros or when yeah. they had the iMac Pro, everything's very low-key and yeah. dark yes. and gray metals and things like that. So yeah. they almost Ooh. use lighting as, as a branding it's technique. It's all very reflective. Yeah. yeah. Everything is just like so. Reflections
1: yeah. But I, like back to what you were, like those examples that you gave, like, you know i think like you know restaurant thing like that's not gonna be like you're not gonna get like really moody or like do anything like crazy interesting i mean yeah we want to see the food it needs to be like well yeah. lit well in like in an instance like that like you're just trying to make it like reality sure yeah you know i mean you're trying to make it look re- like reality but a little bit better enhanced, for the camera, enhanced
2: reality. Yeah, enhanced <laughs>
1: reality. Whereas, <laughs> yeah. like you know, all like a commercial for like how a else product, can Applebee's be, be more? <laughs> Applebee's. <laughs> You'd be looking at more like
0: probably like the ambiance and all that stuff too, and like yeah. the dining experience too, probably. Well, and it's a also little like
1: bit. you don't want to like in an instance like that. Like that's one of those things that like as a cinematographer, like I wouldn't want to approach that as. Like you don't want like it's also one of those things right. I think you get to be careful to not like give people the wrong impression. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to make or like if you guys seen La La Land. Oh yeah, I have actually. I haven't seen it yet. So you, Tom, you know what I'm talking about. The 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 scene where they're in the the restaurant, he's playing piano. Mm-hmm. You know, like in the beginning of the movie. That's a very like heightened reality. And like I've yeah. never walked into a restaurant that looks yeah. like that. I would I never was... want to shoot a restaurant commercial like all low key and like all the tables have like spotlights on them and everything else is like dark and moody yeah. and there's jazz. Like just yeah. I've never walked into a restaurant in Columbus. Right. Mind you, I'm not a very bougie person right. that looks like that. And so like you're shooting a restaurant commercial, it's like you want it you want to present it. I guess it depends on the restaurant too. It like does. steak and shake versus, like, you know just, what I mean. Like, you're gonna approach that very differently.
0: Yeah, it, it like f- even I mean honestly, like I could see a restaurant even doing that high key apple <laughs> look with like the white plate on a
2: white tablecloth and like you yeah. know what I mean and you're like really, making it look. I feel okay. like you usually see that of high end restaurants. Yeah, like high That's key exactly e- what e- I was gonna high say. High key equals high end, yes. kind of.
0: But then yeah, there's also clean. like high reality, though i'm glad you brought up uh the la la land scene because i actually had the dining scene from Tenet in my mind yeah. and it's very similar oh, yeah. i think yeah. that yeah. kind of Derek like luxury and, and yeah. gold there's glistening gold in the background yeah. with like the the tungsten lighting yeah. um you never
2: got that hot sauce did he? i, I you, know, <laughs> you mentioned
1: applebee's and now i really want to shoot an applebee's commercial in the style of an apple commercial Ooh. Oh man, those those blue macaroons like ain't gonna look good. Uh, just make Applebee's look as
2: over the top amazing as you, you get. We seen hired this. Johnny Ive, and he's like, "It's the most magical wings it's I've ever had." Terrible head. English accent, <laughs> sir. This is Applebee's.
0: Speaking of all of that, though, hello. How much with the lighting? So I kind of have two separate questions. One of them isn't on the sheet, so hopefully your this is okay. Yeah. Um, Curveball. So when you're when you're going between these different shoots like you just did one for Ohio like the state essentially a yeah. commercial for the state and then you're doing like something more cinematic like I know you just finished a short film that got some that got some cool recognition mm-hmm. do you do like a palate cleanser between those like do you need to reset your brain and like to get the tone that you're after out of like you don't want your short film to look like a ODOT commercial, you um, know?
1: like No, and only because I, I think the interesting thing is like there's usually so much that goes on before any project that like even yeah. if I was shooting like a commercial during the week and then sure. that weekend doing a short film, I've already sort of been like planning both of them separately. Okay. And... I I think that's honestly one of the biggest lessons I've learned from like the video side of things that has transferred over to stills for me is like how much all that planning, like how far that goes into making a project better and its own thing. Because like you're usually going to use like different lenses and like maybe different lights. Like I have worked like that thing I was saying last week or not last week, the other week that we sort of did like two jobs across four days we had, like, all the same lighting. We, we switched lenses, yeah. but, like, we had, like, the same lighting package for the whole thing. Because it was just, like, pretty, like, normal, yeah. not anything fancy, like, commercial sort of stuff. But it's usually I've thought so much about everything yeah. for so long ahead of time. That, that you already know what to do once you get there. That you yeah. just, yeah. And done, like, I location don't... scouts and, like, made, like, lighting plots. And, you know, the idea is, like, you want to show up and not be like figuring it out like it should be all sure. figured out you just show up and you're just telling people like hey this is gonna go there this is gonna go there you know the talent usually kind of knows what's up and like everything yeah sort of like is already together you just have to like actually
0: yeah do it i'm sure that the mood <clears> and the like overall energy is probably different on those two sets too like yeah. the one for a short film everyone probably thinks more like this is this is going to be a blast. This is creative. This is why we do what we do. It's because there's no clients there. Well, and the other thing is like, this is work. This is what's paying the bills. So they've got to be more professional probably and all
1: that stuff. Well, and usually you have to answer to people. Yeah. Um, Sure. I mean, the, the nature of the commercial stuff on any scale is that they, I mean, brands, most brands are going to be like pretty safe. Mm hmm. Um, and you know, in the in the narrative filmmaking world, it's like what's gonna like tell the story, you yeah, know, really well. And so, like, you can make like, I mean, like, their horror films are like. There's so many horror films, like Midsummer excluded, that are mostly just like pitch black frames. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, the lighting yeah. is so low key because it's yeah. about what you can't see. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like you can't. Like, you're never going to shoot a commercial that dark. Yeah. I mean, there are some, like, very low-key, gritty commercials. Like, I mean, there are a lot of car commercials that do that. Yeah. There are a lot of, like, athletic sort of commercials that do that. But, you know, it's very on par with the branding. And, like, that brand is, like, thought meticulously about, like, this is how we need to present everything.
0: I was just going to say that at that point, (laughs) it's more about selling the brand than selling the product.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, like, I mean, if you look at, I mean, how many, like, tech products... Have been like totally bad from a very reputable brand. And yeah. a lot of people bought it because it was like, oh, it's yeah. Apple or it's Beats by Windows. Dream, whatever. Or, yeah. yeah, seriously. <laughs> and so it's like if the if the the brands are like super you know, the client they're picky because they're they need it's more it is usually more about the brand than the yeah. quality of the product. Yeah, unless it's like a Kickstarter and they're like launching a product for the fr- I mean, still they're gonna be picky about it in a different way, but yeah, I mean, you don't have that, that added, and so usually it's it's a lot more relaxed on a set too because it's, I mean, you're all the, I mean, it's you're all there, like making art. I mean, there yeah. there is like usually money involved. It's fun. You can't like go over time. and like you. I mean, things still have to happen in the same way, but it is a lot less like stressful because if you have an idea, you can just be like, oh, let's try that. Yeah. And see if it works, and you don't have to like you know okay it with anybody.
0: That's yeah. cool. So. uh... I got one more question, Kev. Is that is that cool? And then you get your last question in. Sure. In this section. So since we're still on lighting, um, my my other question is when you're when you're setting up, especially like you like for the commercial stuff and all that. Like I'd imagine a lot of what you're doing for lighting and all of that especially for video it seems like just based on what you've said before um you're doing a lot of it in camera right you're not fixing a lot of that in post it's not like you're doing like a ton of color correction to balance out like the ambient and the the like lighting that you're creating like you're not you're not doing yeah. that in all in post you're you're probably You've got, like, some CTOs and some different gels and all that stuff to make it all kind of look good
1: in camera before. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people approach it differently. You definitely don't have the leeway. Like, with photos, like, I, I can't tell you how many, like, photos that are, like, in my portfolio where I've been, like, I really didn't get the ratio of, like, ambient light to my flash totally right and i'll just make a correction layer in photoshop and just yeah. paint around the subject and just darken everything you don't just you take that little really dropper
0: and that. just <laughs> and <Yeah>. it just <laughs> so like the, usually like you know
1: we're we're shooting in log with video but mm-hmm. there usually the monitor is like you know has a LUT or like rec 709 or something to make it look like normal mhm there's always going to be you know in the same way that like you pretty much everybody always takes a photo into like lightroom or capture one to just like you know make it look better than like the straight out of camera because there yeah. usually a photo isn't really there yeah i mean unless you're talking about like the photojournalism world where you're not allowed to do that stuff sure yeah but it, it's kind of in that same vein now you i mean a really good colorist can do some unbelievable stuff i my the stuff that I work on does not have that level mm. of like post-production really. But Huh. I mean, you can like, you can make what's called a power window, which is essentially like you can either draw a shape or make a circle or a square over like a window or a person's face to like, if you want to add more contrast to, you know, just the person's face and then you can like track that. Like you can do stuff like that, but, huh. um, that you, gets, that probably gets really complex
0: really quickly.
1: Yeah. I mean, so like that short film that you mentioned, like, That was probably about a day of sitting in Resolve. Okay. And shooting stuff back and forth to the directors. Huh. And, uh, you know, whereas like a photo is like 30 minutes, maybe an hour. If it's something, if it's like a product photo and there's a lot of like compositing going on, I mean, that can be hours for a single photo. But like, you know, and it's sometimes a short film can be multiple days, but like it is it's a, it's a lot more and it's a lot less because you're yeah. not doing as much, but you also have a lot more shot. I mean, that short film was probably like 40 or 50 maybe shots that you huh. kind of have to be individually treated. Whereas like a photo job, like usually like 10 photos. Yeah. So it's just a, you know, again, a very different approach
0: with, uh, with that, I, I, this is just kind of out of my own curiosity because I don't shoot a ton of video. Um, where is like, I know that with Photoshop and Lightroom, there's a lot of, like, AI that you can take advantage of to, like, basically speed up your process. Like, replace the sky if you wanted to oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Has that stuff – is there anything like that in video at all or is that all – I no. know that, like, I'm sure that tracking, the tracking that you're talking about has probably picked up a bunch where it can mm. recognize a face and, like, follow it and stuff like that probably, but. You kind of have to tell it. Okay. So,
1: like, you can put, like, a like an oval around somebody's face and make whatever adjustments and then you can track it. Now, the trick comes in, like, if they turn their head, mm. it'll throw, it usually will throw the tracking off and you have to go in and, like, do some manual stuff to, like, fix the couple of frames until they turn their head back. And so, like, there's not, sky replacements are all manual. That's. Like, that's crazy. Uh, we don't do sky replacements. Yeah. For that. Uh, yeah it's yeah, just yeah. It's so yeah. it's diffi- So like green screen stuff. Like I did yeah. a job. Um, get a bunch of get a bunch of ping
0: pong balls on you. Yeah. And just well, I haven't gotten there yet. Taken a r- <laughs> take a run through <laughs> That's a difficult. Thing. Yeah.
1: So I I did a job um, <laughs> where I shot Braxton Miller for. Um, I actually don't know if I can say what it's for because it's not out yet and I don't think the company has officially unveiled itself. But And this um, this Braxton guy, he's a football
2: he, he's yeah. a footballer. Soccer, I think.
1: <laughs> um, football. Football.
2: Is yeah. that the one that's the one with touchdowns, right? Oops. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Got it. Cool. Yes. Forward lateral. Yep.
1: Cool. Field goal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it was all green screen. The 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 client Oh man this was a really interesting job where the client approached the director who's a good friend of mine. Um, named nathan william um you can look him up at framework visuals and the client was like you worked on gardens of galaxy didn't (laughs) you?" so they approached him and they were like they they saw his work and he i mean a lot of his work is like very i mean he's one of those guys that uh as a director went real heavy learning green screen and visual effects Mm -hmm. and you know he in, in columbus at least like he's the dude i will always called to do that sort of stuff i mean he just he's done it for so long back when again when video was difficult and i mean he's really good at doing it and so the client you know had seen his work and said hey like we just need something cool to announce this partnership with braxton um and i think they kind of came up with this concept together and it was like uh you'll see the video but i mean it was literally like we set up a 12 by 12 foot green screen um and like we did the entire thing we and it's really difficult to do that because you have to think like the idea was like basically he's climbing a mountain okay and so we like you have to storyboard all the shots and like draw them out and then figure out like okay what direction does he have to be facing you know you're moving the lighting a bunch because you the, it's a lot easier to move the lighting than it is to move a giant green screen at least in the yeah. space that we were in sure and the camera didn't move, so like the green screen was here. The camera was shooting towards the green screen, and we were rotating him and the lighting oh my gosh. for all these different shots. And so like that, That's like that insane. stuff is really interesting. That's kind of cool, though. It's a ton of fun.
0: That's got to be like what is what. There was a commercial a while ago where it looked like almost like wes and i feel like wes anderson does that stuff really cool a lot of the time of like going through like the galley of the ship for life aquatic and oh, yeah. it looks like everything's just shifting in panels in front of it like an old movie or something yeah. and people are moving in and out of frame with like boards that that have graphics yeah. on it
1: and i would love to do yeah one of those, those like are
0: so it, cool there was a commercial though where where everything was moving in front of the camera, but it like still looked like a landscape that you were traveling through yeah. even though the camera was stationary. Yeah. That's insane. That's that's a fun like mind
1: brain teaser puzzle kind of thing. That's also the fun stuff with videos, like you can do I mean you can do your green screen with photos too, but like, yeah. you never really need to. Yeah, unless but
0: you're doing like the team soccer photo and getting yeah. everyone together. Yeah. Or if you're doing does like I know that, like, Annie Leibovitz does, like, the stitching of people together, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it's like,
1: that's not green screen, though, right? That's, but that, how that's, how that's, that's that just work. composite. It's a very unbelievably good composite. There was huh. a, a thing – there are a couple instances that I've heard of, but there's one Annie Leibovitz photo that she did, like, a couple years ago that was, like, some – I think it was for, like, the – like, Vanity Fair Hollywood issue that they do every year. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, they highlight, like, all, the you know, the celebrities that have had, like, a big project come out. Yeah. There's this group photo that there were a ton of – they actually made some news because there were a couple, like, Photoshop issues. Yeah. That, like, people pointed out. And they were, like, really, guys? Like, you know, the whole, like, no, don't do Photoshop, like, yeah, thing. But I was reading about it, and they had literally, like – they had photographed people in, like, L.A. and New York and Atlanta – on like different sets, and yeah, Different them, times of day. <laughs> pasted them into this photo, and I couldn't tell the difference. Huh. That's insane. And I was so it was like one, the lighting is just like impeccable. Yeah. Ridiculously meticulous notes about how everything is. Yeah. Whoever is retouching and compositing that is doing an incredible job because there's probably a bunch of lighting tweaks going on there. Yeah. But so I mean, like some photos and like product photos too. I've done product photos where. It's like, you know, if you're if shooting, like, bottles, any sort of reflective stuff, mm-hmm. you can't, it's almost impossible to do that in one frame. Yeah. I mean, if it, it, you need a ton of stuff going on, and it takes a long time to set up. But, you know, it's usually easier to take 20 different photos and spend hours in Photoshop compositing them.
0: Have you seen, I saw this uh, on the internet recently, there's an orb yeah. that's a one-way piece of glass that you put product in. And you can see in, but because it's a one-way piece of glass, like it's almost like the like one-way windows yeah. and like a police station. Th- those shots, two-way mirror, is that what you're trying One, to say? It's like a one-way mirror, I think is what the is a that one-way way? mirror
2: is a mirror that's in your bathroom that you look into and you okay, see your reflection. two-way mirror. It's a two-way mirror, two two-way two-way mirror.
0: Well, it's like <laughs> that, but it's in the shape of a like an orb, and you put the product in the middle, and you just see. Like you don't see anything. It's insane. Question.
2: It just Could you say orb one more time? Orb. <laughs> anyway. Orb. But yeah,
0: I don't. I'm. I'm glad that we, that we talked a little bit about the the Andy Liebovitz thing there because I think that that was kind of and we'll dig more into this in the, uh, in the uh, the next podcast that we do together, the Where Are They Now podcast. But I feel like there was a time where me, you, and maybe. Matt were Matt and maybe TJ were the only ones on the sales floor that seemed to care about lighting and we yeah. just chat about
1: yeah how they do this yeah yeah. Were, yeah I think the crazy thing is just like how many photos it's, it's more common with photos because again you can't really you can't do yeah. multiple person composites very easily now they did say with that video is Ar- that where you where you going with this with video you can't really do that yeah. now, but I have you seen easy. those Oprah interviews well hang on did you hear about Army of the Dead no so Tig Notaro is in the movie oh she is and somebody else I think like Chris D'Elia was originally that person and he had there was something happened right right got yeah. cut out of the movie and they apparently spent like millions of dollars and literally like shot all of Tig Notaro's stuff after the fact and wow. like pasted her into the movie interesting now granted um, you're talking about the Netflix movie that has like the most views on Netflix ever. they kind of did that with Massive Carrie budget.
0: Fisher didn't they no. And the one because uh, ta- she passed are you, are you before the movie aging finished. aging her and de aging her? No, they had used no. existing footage. Okay. But this yeah.
1: Tignataro thing was okay. they were they were literally like shooting her on a green screen or I, I haven't read about That's it. It was bonkers. either on a green screen or like reshooting scenes and like pasting her into it over existing footage. I don't know. That's but like not, with photo stuff, it's like it's unbelievable like how like much of a photo of like really famous, not really famous photos, but like really big budget stuff is all like post. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Bonkers. I hate you. Do you have bonkers. To- oh, it's a b- bonkers.
1: I thought he was just saying it over and over again. Until I- bonkers. <laughs> that was me that time. All <laughs> right, Kev. What's yes, your next
2: question? I want to actually transition into a lightning round of gear and opinions and hot takes. Whoa, mm. let's do it. Uh, so I want to pick two and two. Um, two and two. Let's two go. Two and two. So um, gear, what do you own? Why do you own it? A lot. Dude, uh, Spencer's <laughs> like one of I the want, biggest gear nerds that I know. I know. Yeah, I want your top. Okay. So first, I want your top video camera choice. Like if I could have anything? Well, Dream? no. What you own oh, what and I why own. you grab that one first. I,
1: I have a Blackmagic Ursa Mini Pro. Which is, is that the 12K one? No. 4.6. You did the, You got the 4.6. Okay. Yeah. So I got that. It was like two years ago okay the 12k came out recently right very strange camera but i the need the, all the k's yeah well it's <laughs> a whole so why it's do you pick the black magic all, I, it's um you know so black magic has always been kind of controversial up until recently i mean now i mean it's they're very legitimate as a brand but it's sure the whole salem thing was pretty bad <laughs> Those darn witches, uh, black magic. You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was very surprised when I found out that they're Australian. And I was like, "How did you guys pick that name?" They hang out with red. They're they Australian. Yeah, they hang yeah. out with red. Black Black Magic is an Australian company.
2: Yeah, they got kicked out of Salem. I, <laughs>
1: oh <my God. laughs> the joke is dead. Now, Just... got to keep beating that horse. Um, <laughs> great. Uh, it's for me. It was all about image quality. Mm-hmm. It's essentially uh, you know as far as i can tell almost still to this day about the best picture that you can get from a camera that isn't a red or an alexa or like the sony venice um now that's probably different with like the new sony fx cameras i used to really not like like the fs7 the fs5 was not a fan of the picture out of those i've heard the new fx cameras are totally different but at the time and still from a production standpoint, it's the picture's amazing, but you also have there's a lot of things I think that like in the consumer end of filmmaking that you don't consider that are necessary in the higher end, like SDIs, SDI inputs and outputs are huge because mm-hmm. of you usually have like a monitor or maybe two monitors and then like a wireless video transmitter that can send the video signal out to a client it's a lot easier if your camera has the necessary outputs and inputs instead of like looping everything through. Cause not like every monitor that you buy will loop stuff out. And so like the camera does everything sweet. Um, having like the CFast and SD, which is super awesome because depending on like what format you're shooting, you can use a variety of media that's, you know, potentially cheaper if you need like a lot more of it or if you need to, you know, you know like it's honestly, it's like kind of hard to find like a CFast on mm-hmm. a whim. Like if you need a CFast card, yeah. you need to have that already but like if you're traveling it's pretty easy to find like a good sd card you can walk into like any camera store but like there are a lot of camera stores that just like don't carry cfast mm-hmm. yeah because they're ridiculously expensive and not a lot of stuff uses it sure you can swap the lens mounts It can do canon mount or it can do pl mount which mm-hmm. all the cinema lenses use and so on like higher end jobs where i'm renting lenses i can do that or like i've Put like Canon super telephoto. Like when we went to the air show that one time, yeah, I was able to put like a Canon like 500 mil lens on it. That was nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like it's just super versatile, and the picture quality is, you know, okay. very very up there. I okay. feel like
0: you've also tried shooting other things to replace that, and have yeah. come back to it a bunch. Yeah, is that right?
1: Yeah, I I had the Pocket 6K Pro for a short bit recently. <laughs> And that that is now the Leica for me. <laughs> they they traded places. Okay, interesting. So I I was I got the Pocket Six K mm-hmm. for a lot of valid reasons because mm-hmm. I was like I want a smaller camera because sometimes I am doing jobs where it's just nice to be able to just like handhold it. Sure. But I just realized like nine out of the ten times that I'm shooting, I would rather have all the things that the Ursa has and does, even though it is. Without the add-on stuff to make
0: the 6K Pro do what the Ursa already does, kind of thing. Right? Yeah,
1: like there were like the, with the 6K, there's some workarounds. It's a fixed Canon mount, so like that does kind of limit what lenses you can use because like I can't really rent like high-end cinema lenses because the mount. You can swap it, but like it's not mm. built to be swapped. Blackmagic doesn't recommend that you use the third-party adapters, whereas like the PL mount for the Ursa is a black magic item and it's like designed to have that versatility hmm. um Crikey. yeah i just i keep coming back to it
2: before i go to my second question um i do want to point out why um i what what the problem i have with the black magic pocket Cinema camera whether that's the 4k the 6k
1: or the 6k pro what's um, your
2: beef my beef it's not very pocketable
1: it's mm. so you know what's really crazy is that so red just came out with that komodo which is literally like a cube. Yeah. Perfect form factor. Way better for, form factor, for right? Design, for building a camera, because you're always going to put stuff on for it. For video anyways. Fits in a yes. fan the, pack for vacation. Yeah, it's yes.
0: almost like the Blackmagic. They're like, you want it to be like a DSLR, right? And I feel
1: like most video shooters are like, absolutely not. It. I understand where they were coming from when like the first Pocket and then the Pocket 4K came out. Because at the time, that was still, you know, kind of like the standard and people were used to doing that. But mm-hmm. it's like... It is so much more difficult than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Putting it on gimbals is a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And it's just like...
0: Well, in most things, you can throw a grip on the side of it. Yeah. Like, there's no need to have it. Yeah,
1: whatever. Right. Cool.
2: All right, so my second question is, when you go on set, uh, this one's real easy. It's just uh, what, uh, if it's not a camera and not a lens, what is the one thing you always have on set with you? Always, always got to have it with you. Ooh. It's not a part of your camera or your camera system. It's on a memory card or a lens or a a body. That sharp wig. That sharp
1: wit. (laughs) I will say this doesn't come on every single job, Mm -hmm. but that's only because I usually forget. I have a, I forget what the number is, but I have one of those big, like three foot long SKB cases. Okay. Mm. That is just filled with random clamps, cables, studs, dimmers adapters just those tiny little pieces Mm -hmm. that you and so like you're like i wish i had a and and it's in that it's in that box a lot of jobs i'm on have like a grip truck that has a lot of that stuff but that box is nice because you can just kind of like you bring it you can wheel it all over location like so like a lot like on a grip truck there are like milk crates that have all that stuff and Mm -hmm. you put it on a cart whatever this is just like its own like self-contained thing i can put like i have those aperture light bulbs Mm -hmm. actually that would be a better answer Those aperture light bulbs, I bring (laughs) every job. Aperture light bulbs? Yeah, yeah. Are Are they LED
0: light bulbs that go into standard out like sockets? Yeah,
1: have a battery in them.
0: Yeah, they have a battery. Why? So you
1: can because the
0: socket produces
1: energy. (laughs) Thomas Edison, thank you. (laughs) Um, No way. That's how that works. uh, Yeah. uh, (laughs) So, like art department, like if you're working on like something like kind of higher end, where there's like an art department. And they have like a lamp that is either like broken or for some reason, like you're trying to hide a cable oh, in the frame, like okay. you don't want to have a power cable like running from it. The battery, the thing can just go on its own. And like at full power, they get like an hour and a half or two hours. Okay. But on lower power, they last for like all day. And you know, they're cheap enough that you can just swap them out if you need they to. They by color, they're uh, RGB. Are they RGBWW? W- yeah. Wow. RGBWW. So you can match. You can make it whatever color you want. They have all sorts. Of, like, they have a can fire Can I do effects? Yeah. I actually used them on a uh, job last Saturday yeah. where we had to do – there were people sitting around a fire pit, and uh, we literally put two of them in a fire pit on the fire effect.
2: Dang. You shouldn't put light
1: bulbs in fire, dispensing. Yeah, I found that
2: with the heart <laughs> All
0: right. Next gear and opinion.
1: Primes or zooms? Uh, primes. Duh. Only only because I think Zoom's one Are you talking for video or for stills? Uh or both. Video definitely primes. Stills I'm less picky because mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fix it in post.
1: Like you I'm literally. No, I'm, I'm mean, sorry, that was a bad joke. Literally, you can do all that <laughs> stuff. And like so like I told you I was looking at I was gonna get the twenty four to seventy for this because it's just like for photo stuff, it's just easier mm-hmm. for me to just have a twenty four to seventy two eight. Yeah. then it is to have like all this primes. Yeah. For video, usually it comes down to form factor. The video zooms just are so large and heavy that they're more difficult to work with. They're usually slower in terms of uh, aperture, Mm. Um, usually. I mean, there are some exceptions to that for sure. Um, And then aren't there like breathing issues
0: and stuff with like the focus and stuff like that? uh it depends not with the
1: high-end ones obviously probably Uh, yeah and you can have that with cheap primes too yeah um it's just it it just seems to be easier and again more versatility like having that aperture range i'd almost always prefer that than like because usually if you're renting lenses for a job Mm -hmm. you're going to rent a lens set yeah Um, me and uh if you guys know john thorne oh uh, yeah I, i think i can put this secret out in the world we we recently picked up a set of the dzo vespid primes are um, they are they beaut? uh We actually haven't opened them yet. We haven't oh been God. able to get together to yeah. do it. Yeah. But they're, they're, it's it's going to be a celebration it's when you guys do yeah. They're full frame lenses, and it's a full set of like 25 to 125, hmm. and there's a 90 millimeter macro. And hmm. they, they're in a case. And that's usually how you rent lenses is you go and say, I, I want to use X lenses, whether they're like Cooks or Leicas or whatever. Yeah. And you get a case or a bunch of cases with the whole set. Right, and so like the zoom isn't really important for me on like a video job because you have all this focal lengths available to you anyways. Yeah, it's not really like you're
4: picking and choosing.
1: Well, and you're setting up each shot. Yes. Yeah. Usually ahead of time, you're like, okay, this shot is going to be on the 50 millimeter. This shot is going to be on the 85, and like you have all that planned out to a T. Cool. Um.
0: Ooh, which one do I want next? Can I do two, Kevin? One of them is going to be quick. Go for it. So can mirrorless or DSLR cameras be enough
1: for video shooters? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So hundo. Hundo.
0: Yeah. So even with that thirty-minute limit, I'm I'm trying to do long, <laughs> long children of long men takes. cuts. You know. Okay, so.
1: <laughs> I yeah, and especially nowadays. But the the thing that I have come to learn over all of my experimenting that has kind of like gotten me to this point is. The a good image, like, when you, like, you know, if you from, are from sort of back in the day, like, the Canon 5D era, when, mm-hmm. like, Vimeo was where everybody put people's work. Yeah. A a pretty picture and, like, a polished-looking product is it's all lighting and art department. Yeah. The camera, the camera does matter, and there's a reason that, like, I usually use an URSA or something else similarly high-end. Yeah. But... That has so like the the camera and the lens those are nuances mm. the lighting and art department is what to me at least really defines like the look of something and this is Stills and video, sure, but because like the differences in lenses like the layman that's watching the product on the other end or looking at those photos like I did a stills job recently where like we had to do two different shoot days, and one of them I had rented the fuji 45 to 100 for my gfx mm-hmm. and then the other day i wasn't able to rent it i had to use my mamiya 80 millimeter two different lenses worlds apart no one looking at those it's portraits gonna notice. is ever gonna give a shit yeah but you know i i care but again it's yeah. like those tiny little like nuance things and so like mirrorless like especially with how amazing like the a7s3 like i started looking at footage from that recently and i was like oh my god. Like, yeah. It's so much better than the a7S II was, which was like the thing Yeah, when I yeah, worked yeah. here. Like, Have it, you it gets, seen
2: footage from the FX3?
1: No. It slaps. I've heard. A friend of mine has the C70 and the 6K Pro and he was real close to getting the FX3 over the 6K Pro and being the Blackmagic fanboy that I am, I was like, don't do it. But I've, I've heard nothing but good things about the FX cameras and I'm just like blown away that like that's where mirrorless is right now.
4: Yep. so uh,
0: I'm a little bit out of my element with this question uh and this actually isn't i don't I don't know that I'll get to my other question, but the thing that I've heard most uh in terms of like why not why it's sometimes more difficult for mirrorless and things like that is the way that those cameras package their files to make it more difficult for editing.
1: Is that... That's a manufacturer o- thing. Okay. So, like, the Canon R5, Yeah. like, Matt Marash and I share a very similar sentiment that, like, the way that I'm glad they, you brought up
0: his name because that's who I'm kind yes. of referencing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and yeah. It's a, it was one of those things where I was... He said something and I was like, that's really interesting.
1: I'm w- in way over my head with what
0: you're talking about. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: Well, so, like, Blackmagic has black magic raw mm-hmm. and prores like red has read th- their own proprietary raw format you can shoot 8k out of a red and edit it on a laptop because the codec is designed to make high resolution manageable mm-hmm. the r5 with their 8k like they did not do okay. that and i then maybe that was just a budget thing maybe it's a processing thing with the camera And that, that also seems like the kind of thing that would be fixed with the firmware update too yeah no? they could, they could add yeah. other formats but like so that's why like there i think there's that new like Atomos Ninja V plus mm-hmm. that does 8k if you roll 8k from the R5 onto that which would i think just do prores or maybe they do prores raw now that's a much more like efficient Thing And so, that like, back in the day, that was one of the reasons that the Atomos recorders got real big because you could not only get better, like, color mm-hmm. depth out of the footage, like, because usually the camera would record higher color depth out the HDMI than it would into the memory card. Yeah, But you also just got a file format that's, like, way easier on your computer to, like, edit. Mm-hmm. And so, like, my URSA does ProRes and Blackmagic RAW, both of which, you know, I can shoot 4.6K in it. And it's super smooth. That's but cool. Like I think nowadays, everyone is buying, you know, an Atomos, usually. And I think you kind of negate yeah. the issue.
0: Well, and the media is cheaper, too, at that point, right? With super the SSDs. Cheap. Yeah. Super yeah. cheap. Yep. Cool.
1: So you can have you can buy terabytes of yeah. media space for, like, nothing. Whereas with CFast, like for my Ursa, CFast cards are really expensive. Yeah. yeah still. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right, Kev. I think we should run into uh, tips and tricks since we had a lot of hot takes during the gear uh, section. I'm cool with that. Cool. Um, Sorry about that. No, you're good. Spencer? Just curious like a cat over here. I know you are. Got to herd you like a cat too. Uh, Any advice for the uh, entry-level young video community or somebody who's getting into video that may have started in photo? What's your advice to them?
1: It's your wise words? Just shoot. As much as you can, because yeah, digital, it's free. Mm-hmm. The gear matters to an extent, but it doesn't matter to learn. Mm-hmm. It matters on the high end because it's like it saves time. Like when I'm on set, like I use all the aperture stuff now. Usually for, you know, the light—not necessarily the giant, really bright lights—but like I can control all that stuff on an iPad. And mm-hmm. that, there's little things, but like that saves a ton of time when you're learning. Like you can go buy work lights at Home Depot and bounce that into muslin that you buy at Joann Fabric and get a pretty similar effect of like you know shooting an aperture light into a you know like Matthews branded bleached muslin (laughs) and (laughs) like it's all about like figuring out the way stuff works and the principles and like the what does and doesn't work and like the learning thing I can't emphasize enough that like you this is one of those like skill sets that like you have to do it a lot you can't i mean you can learn a lot by reading and like when i was Mm -hmm. here i did a ton of reading and a ton of shooting i think you you need both of those to learn right but without doing it a really frequently you like i mean like last year i noticed like during the pandemic when I, i wasn't doing as much like you know for fun stuff obviously because you know the pandemic or whatever right like i i almost feel like i uh like got rusty isn't the right word but it's like i noticed that i was like oh yeah i feel like i haven't done this in a while right like you kind of have to like get back in the loop it's one of those things that like when you're learning like you just have to
2: Experiment. Great. Yeah. You said, it kind of leads me to my next question, which was, you said, you know, you have to both do it and you got to read about it. It's kind of important to, to do both. And I agree with you on the doing it part, like practicing. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to get anywhere just reading about it all day long. You've yeah. got to actually go implement some of that. But where would you recommend people go um, and get information from? Like you you mentioned uh, cinematography.com. Are there any other resources that you'd recommend? Uh,
1: the Roger Deakins website cool. is huge. Um, I would get a subscription to American Cinematographer. It's the uh, magazine of the American Society of Cinematographers, which the American mm-hmm. Society of Cinematographers is not. It's not a union, but it's essentially like a. I don't know how to explain it, but it's a, essentially like you get inducted for, you know, making some sort of you know large contribution or a series of large contributions to, cinema. You know, sure. it's it's like the biggest cinematographers in the world sort yeah. of thing. Um, their magazine usually they'll highlight um, every month like a uh, recent thing that comes out, and they do like a big feature uh, in the magazine, and, and you know they'll interview like the cinematographer and or like the gaffer, or whatever, and usually give like a pretty detailed like technical breakdown. I actually heard if this is this is a really good plug for this Daft Punk, who oh, you man. and I love, yeah, the music video for Get Lucky. Where they're all on the stage. Yeah. And there's that crowd around them. Yeah. If you find the credits for that video, the cinematographer Uh-oh. is Thomas Bangalter, one of the two dudes from Daft Punk. What? And there's an interview about it where he said, I don't, I don't know if I caught why he decided to do it, but he wanted to shoot the music video, and he literally went and bought like, 10 years worth of backlogs of American Cinematographer and learn cinematography from just reading, like, 10 years worth oh, of American Cinematographer. Oh,
2: my gosh. Jiminy Frost.
1: And, you know, I'm sure he had, like, camera operators and gaffers that were, super, you know, the best of the best, super experienced. Yeah. But, like, that yeah. music video looks that's really insane. good, dude. Yeah, that's bonkers, man. Um, And as a Daft Punk fan, bonkers. I was like, this is... This is like the, one of the coolest things I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dude, so that's it's sweet. Stuff like that, like those. <laughs> that's tiny, wild. And the, there's like some just amazing like little things in those magazines of like oh, I never would have thought to do stuff that way. And same yeah. with like the Roger Deakins website, like the weird little things. Little problem-solving things. It's unbelievable. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What are there any like social groups that you'd recommend? Like, are there, and is there any uh, Instagram hashtags to follow? Or I don't know if you're on Facebook anymore, really. Um, like Facebook groups that you have found uh helpful um there is actually
1: a facebook group i'll 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 find the official name so i can point people in the right direction but it was started i'm in a facebook group that's like the aperture user group okay yeah yeah. a bunch of people that are really active there started a group that is called film production breakdowns and bts okay it's Hmm. You know, not none of it's like super high end commercial dudes, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, a lot of people like kind of at the level that I work on that's like the, the local or slightly bigger than local level, you know, maybe they do travel a good bit. Yeah. But you know, not super well known people, but they share like some people like there's this one that I have pulled up right now. This guy has like an overhead like lighting plot that he made like on an iPad and then a bunch of hmm. behind the scenes photos. And then the final photos, and, you know, usually people get really detailed with, like, hey, yeah. here's all the fixtures I use. Here's the camera and, like, lenses that we use. And hmm. um, that's really interesting because you can see, like, you can see exactly what people are doing yeah, and putting into practice. And, you know, I own a lot of that stuff. Or, again, you can mimic, you know, that stuff with really inexpensive stuff and go and apply some of that stuff right. too so like that's that's a really useful thing and there's a lot of that on instagram i don't follow any hashtags but i would just like yeah. go and find like photographers or like go on the asc's website and just like search all the cinematographers on instagram a ton of them have instagrams they're pretty active mm-hmm. just follow them yeah another one last thing i will say i think i've talked to you about this dude there's a photographer in la named art Stryber. a-r-t i think so is his first name his he shoots like a lot of like really big budget um, like advertising stuff for like TV and movies, like a lot of like posters and yeah. um, commercial work and magazine stuff. He his Instagram he will post like the photo, you know, or like you know, the photos of a project, and then he will go into a crazy detailed lighting breakdown of like we use you know these pro photo lights with this size softbox through this diffusion yeah and we use this you know light back here yeah. to do this and like gets really detailed about like the why and like there's a lot of really interesting like commercial photography things sure. that Instagram I've learned and he's been doing it for years like you can scroll through that Instagram for I, I hours just, I
2: just pulled it up and like literally there are unbelievable I think he maxed out the number of images you can post in one single post on Instagram but it is set up set up set up there is one shot there is a box truck full of gear yeah yeah and i mean this like a is grip a grip truck pretty intricate uh i mean he works for on very big budget <laughs> yeah stuff but I mean, there's, there's a lot of this was there. for siesta key on mtv yeah
0: i feel yeah. like uh wes anderson does a lot of that too a lot of like how mm-hmm. i got the shot kind of thing like you've seen those videos i'm sure like where you see the rail and oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's set up next to the train a lot for of like grand or not for grand Budapest. but no, what's uh, the what's the no what's the train movie uh, Darjeeling Limited? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. But um, it's just, like, insane what he does to get all of that to happen in camera. But, yeah. yeah, I like I do like what you said about just shooting a ton, though, at the beginning. Because I remember yeah. us shooting the breeze up at the front at the lighting area and both talking about, like, oh, yeah, my lighting setup a year and a half ago was a total light and a shower curtain hung up yep. in my basement yeah. in the the shower curtain was the diffusion and yeah don't
1: don't knock those little total lights i saw
0: oh man they get so hot though there was you a could fry
1: an egg on the barn door bts photo i saw of the dark night there's yeah. a, the one of the scenes i think pretty early in the movie when they're in like a really fancy restaurant mm-hmm. and they like key lit this dialogue scene with like four by four diffusion frames and uh like two kilowatt uh tungsten zip lights which are essentially like a soft light version of like a you know fresnel or whatever and you know that was back before leds really even existed like you know the mid-2000s but it was like hilariously lo-fi lighting on like, yeah. the biggest budget movie of the decade sort of thing yeah it's like it really doesn't take a they lot they just get so hot i am gonna especially there's like, a bunch of podcasts i listen to sure yeah that it helped em. me tremendously oh, uh, have we talked about there's a lot yeah there's a lot the photo banter um one of the very few Podcast that i found that they interview like high-end commercial photographers art striber actually did an episode on it but there's i mean a lot of those dudes like doing like just the absolute like highest end stuff they share a lot about like their journey and like how they got to where they are like advice but also like there's some you know technical stuff Hmm. um i'm scrolling here uh the cinematography podcast it's run by a camera store in uh hollywood called hot rod cameras okay I'm familiar. um they interview also like they interviewed wally fister who shot the dark knight and like all of christopher mm. nolan's movies they had like two hour and a half long epi- like episodes for the interview mm. and it's like, super interesting that's cool um the wandering dp is probably the one that helped me the yeah. most uh he interviews a lot of people but he also like breaks down his own yeah. commercials and that was like literally that green screen job i like essentially like ripped my lighting plan off of like a green screen job that he like covered on that because I was like I mm. don't even know how to like really approach this yeah and I was like oh I wonder if he ever did anything for like green screen stuff and I was like oh I don't have the budget for all that stuff but I can do yeah I can do a cheapo version of that and yeah it out great
0: yeah mm. nice that's great do you listen to like the rewatchables anything no. like that uh-uh. there's some good like just like movie criticism
1: podcasts that are Ooh. pretty good I need to get into more of those. Yeah, because most a lot of the stuff that I listen to is the sort of like behind the camera stuff and not yeah. necessarily like focusing like on the Just final product. Yeah. Also, there's
0: uh how did this get made? Oh, I have bet you, that's really interesting. Have you heard no. it? Hold on, hold on. I know that we're running a little on time, but <laughs> Kev, this is Kevin said, hilarious.
2: Sure uh, <laughs> You're editing this now.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh God, don't play it. Please don't play it. It's with Paul Shear. Uh, oh, God, it's playing. Stop. Stop. What?
2: You good over there? Ah! <laughs> I apologize. But yeah, okay. We can move on. Yeah, let's. <laughs> That's all I got. Spencer, do you have any other parting words for the video community? Of course. Um, or our listeners?
1: Just like. This is a thing I hope like the younger generation of filmmakers will bring. but they're like the filmmaking world, this is less common in photo. Like most of the photo people I know are absolute gems. The video industry is very stressful and there can be and this is not in Columbus, I should say. I almost never experienced this in Columbus. Everybody that I work with in Columbus crew, producers, directors are, some of the most wonderful people I've ever met and worked with, aside from, of course, the fine folks in Midwest Photo. (laughs) Um, But there is just, like, uh, there are a lot of egos in the Mm -hmm. higher-end stuff, and I've been on, like, bigger budget stuff that's come to town and just been, like, really upset to see how, you know, that what they call the -the above-the-line director, producer people treat everybody and just, like, be cool because I there are a lot of jobs that I do that are not fun jobs because you do have to pay the bills. Right. Like I've been on jobs in the rain until 6am kind of like really don't want to be doing that (laughs) sort of stuff. But like you either are doing it because you are excited about the project or whatever, or you're getting paid. I try to remind myself every day that like I'm so lucky to make pictures Mm Mm-hmm in exchange for money <laughs> <laughs> and there's no reason to like be mean to other people whether yeah. it's even if they're like making mistakes like yeah. dude i when i so what's really funny is like i went left here and I, I was like yeah dude i like i worked at this place that like you know rented equipment and i was the lighting specialist but i, I know everything <laughs> like the first like five sets that i was on i was like what the he's all like i don't know all this stuff is and like there, there's <laughs> so
2: much that you don't know always yeah and
1: like every time i walk onto a job there's always something I'm like oh i never would have thought to do that well, that's the oh. thing everybody's learning at yeah. different rates it took me i mean i've been doing this for like 10 years almost there are people that have gotten to the point that i'm at in like two years it just everyone learns at different rates everyone has different circumstances like sure just be cool and be patient like we're super lucky to be doing this and it's not worth upsetting somebody or offending somebody or like making them like because a lot of, this is a lot of people's like dream job like it is my dream job to like get paid to do this stuff yeah. i can't imagine how awful it would feel to have walked onto a set and gotten like discouraged about working in this industry because somebody was like being rude or like if i was a woman i cannot imagine like walking onto a set and like experiencing you know the stuff that women go through and like being like i don't know if i want to do this like yeah just like be cool give people some breathing space and just like remember that like this is like one of the most fun things that you can possibly do to pay your bills right and enjoy it i dig that
2: that's good advice i think i'm gonna put that somewhere i want to put like just a like an inspirational poster somewhere that just says just be cool man be cool just be cool. spencer yeah. look yeah that's yeah. the quote this week all right that's the quote be right. cool be spencer look cool. all right thanks spencer thanks spencer it's good having hey, thank you dude you guys i've been so excited about this
1: <laughs> Wait, this was like six months in the making almost <laughs> the, almost yeah because we're yeah. supposed to do this in like february yeah yep yeah. 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 yep that feels like a very long time ago it does it does i remember We're all
0: vaccinated now though so
1: i remember like a week be ago better. i was like yeah i got that podcasting got to do that eventually and i was like oh my god that's this week <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic
2: all right, so big thanks to Spencer for uh, stopping by and talking to us. Um, as always, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can find Spencer on Instagram at, at Spencer. That's L O O K I T S Spencer. Or Wait. visit his website at SpencerLookabah.com.
1: There's only one S.
2: There's only one S in that? I, yeah. Okay, so I it gave you the wrong... Look at Spencer. Look at look Spencer. Spencer. Look <laughs> it's <look> it Spencer. <laughs> mm. Okay, so, <laughs> so that's on only how. one S. Yeah. That's L-O-O-K-I-T-S. Penser. Penser. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then his website, spencerlookabaw.com. We'll put that in the show notes for you guys. You can always share your photos with us on Instagram at the number two weird camera beards or at mpex underscore photo underscore video and you can send us your images questions to our email at the number two weird camera beards at mpex.com nice
0: and a special thanks to our executive producer uh magical mystical marvelous marvelous always
2: always hurting cats
0: uh o'neill thank you uh also special thanks to President of Midwest Photo, Moisha Applebaum, VP of Midwest Photo, Ken Lewis. Thank you guys for letting us hang out and chat and shoot the breeze here. Uh, But, yeah. Thanks, guys. And we will see you next time. Asmir. Asmir. Dude with the super giant goatee over at Speedway this morning,
1: Charlie. Okay, Charlie gave me a
0: free coffee after all, all these years. <laughs> <laughs> after, what four years? I of would being love to customer. see
2: the profit they've made out of this building. <laughs> oh, it's probably it would, disgusting. Yeah, yeah.
0: So many cowtails.
2: Do you order a lot of cowtails <laughs> over there? Do you not
0: get calcium no, when get you a, go to a gas station? They've got the little plastic mug full of them,
2: and you I grab I think a the couple? only food I've ever bought over there are funions and cheddar Andy fries, cheddar Andy caps, cheddar fries. Ooh, classic. Mm. Yeah, that's gonna give you that's gonna give you stanky breath for a week. Yep. No. there's there's no amount of scope I mean, that erases that. If you're able to brush your teeth
0: at like morning and nighttime intervals, you may cut down on that week.
1: Just I br- I brush my teeth just, like two to three I'm times a day. The the real trick is to brush your teeth after every cheesy fry that you eat. <laughs> <laughs> you, you eat one and then you go out to the bathroom. You brush, brush your quick, teeth
2: and fun. then you you take a shot of yep. orange juice. Yep. Uh, my, <laughs> I can feel fry. my fill my fillings are ringing right now. It'd be nice if they on
0: these fries if they just put little bristles on the end of them and you could just <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> like, like a cheddar like flavored dog uh, toothbrush. Yeah. Cheddar flavored <laughs> <laughs> toothpaste. (laughs)
2: Uh, okay all right so uh the intro this is my this is how i place things so tom knows where to put them you good was that a spicy coffee
0: that was a hot that was a big gulp of hot coffee okay i I should
1: preface this real quick that i have a heart out of 10 20 okay easy yeah easy squeezy yeah i I was i was surprised with a wedding rehearsal brunch this morning like two weeks ago no problem at all. That's the difficulties. So. We'll get you out of here.
2: Cool. We'll launch you into the sun.